Lord, uh, Father, and Son, and Holy Spirit, we just say thank you that uh, you are Trinity. You have relationship with yourself, and you, before you even created us, Lord, you were in full, complete relationship between the Father and Son and Holy Spirit, and that's awesome right there. So, Lord, we just say thank you for extending relationship to us, that we could have friends and family and make new friends, and most of all, have a relationship with you. So we ask that you would today, Lord, uh, impart your word, just anoint it so that it would uh, be falling on good soil of our hearts, stir up the soil of our hearts, Lord, that it would grow uh, something good. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so have you discovered your unique purpose in life? Hmm, that's a good question. Ask yourself that. Have I discovered my unique God-given purpose? Are you living that out right now? I wonder what most of us would say. That would be interesting to hear some of our answers, wouldn't it? Well, uh, today is our week one. It's our kickoff of our seven-week shape series. And we're going to be having a ministry fair at the end of the uh, seven weeks. And we're going to be hopefully plugging all of us into the right places and giving us an opportunity. A lot of times we say, yeah, I'm just not sure what I'm supposed to do. And I'm not sure how am I supposed to do it within my church? So we're going to try and help with both of those questions. And uh, we're going to see how God has specifically, by the end of the seven weeks, designed us and be plugged in for his amazing purposes. Amen? It's going to be good. So we can't fulfill God's purposes on our own. And today we're going to be talking about the importance of doing life together, sharing life together with others in the church, which is called the body of Christ so that we could live it out. So, how many of you have seen the movie Jerry Maguire? This is like Jim, Jimmy Mishiro's favorite movie, and he wanted me to share it. And so Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Maguire, <laughs> it's basically what I think of now. Jerry Maguire, uh, played by Tom Cruise, you know, Church of Scientology, get rid of all that, but back in the day, he was Pretty cool actor. You know, Jim's another favorite movie of his, Top Gun. But, you know, whoo. So, anyway, who remembers the scene, You Complete Me? Okay, you guys know the scene? It's a famous scene, right? Love that scene. You have, for those of you who don't know, you had Tom Cruise and Renee Zellweger, and uh, they were in the elevator together. And in comes this deaf couple who's madly in love with one another, right? And they come in and they're kind of just hugging each other and uh, they um, sign to one another. The man signs to her and then they do this passionate kiss. And the kiss <laughs> lasts for so long, right? And uh, you see Tom Cruise just staring at them like, what are, th what are these guys doing? How can they be so in love? And they finish kissing, and then they leave the elevator. It's like, okay, bye, doors close. And he stands there and he says, I wonder what he said. And Renee Zellweger is there, and she says, my aunt was deaf. He said, he signed, you complete me. And Tom Cruise is thinking, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you complete me. And so that has been like a butt of so many jokes. And, you know, I say it to Jim all the time, you complete me. <laughs> You know, he says it back, and we hug. 
But, you know, from the very beginning of time, it's been so important for us to be in relationship with each other. So the truth of the matter is, all of you here today, you complete me. Okay, but we all complete one another. Everyone look to your neighbor and say, you complete me. Oh yeah, okay, there we go. That's right. So we complete one another because we are not designed. <laughs> this is fun for me. I love this. This is awesome. <laughs> we are not designed to be lone rangers, to go through life on our own and do our own thing within the church. Right? We're to be together in community, together in God's family. The church is sometimes called the community of believers. Sometimes it's called the family of God. It's called the body of Christ. And uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says this. It says, together you are the body of Christ. Together you are the body of Christ. And uh, if you have a bulletin there, with you it's uh, marked in your bulletin you can go ahead and circle that word together really important word for this morning so i'm not the body of christ alone right you're not the body of christ alone but together we are the body of christ we are community of believers and it only happens in relationship with one another none of us are the body of christ on our own so we can't fulfill fulfill God's purposes on our own because God says, hey, I've designed you to be in community, to do it together. You'll never find and fulfill your purposes, your purpose in life, unless it's with the body of Christ. Do we get that? That's so important. So Romans 12, this is in the message translation. I like how Eugene Peterson wrote it. He said, verse 4, we are like the various parts of a human body. Each, parts, each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of his body. Each of us finds our meaning and function on our own. If we try hard enough, if we, do, if we get the right program, no as a part of God's body, part of his body. So we find meaning and purpose in God's family. So we're going to start off the SHAPE series together, looking at how we are better together. So why do we need each other? Number one, you can write in your bulletin, we fellowship better together. We fellowship better together. And so here at Kakako Christian Fellowship, we focus our Christian life on the same things, the same keystones that the early church focused on. What were those things that they were really devoted to? Acts 2.42 gives a really great idea of what they were devoted to, the early church, first century church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And so we're looking at these things. Okay, take it thing by thing. It says uh, apostles' teaching. What is the apostles' teaching? Apostles' teaching is basically Bible study, Bible teaching. That's good, right? We focus on that. 
come on Sundays and we get some, hopefully, some uh, pretty good Bible study and, and teaching and preaching. And then we also, they also focused on the breaking of bread. We do the same thing. What is the breaking of bread? Sounds like maybe go, you know, eat a big meal. Uh, not so much. They're specifically talking about communion. Communion. So we do communion here. Uh, once a month, we invite all the children in, the families, and we do family communion together, taking the Lord's Supper together, the body and the blood of Christ, right? Remembering Jesus, what he did for us. So we focus on the same things that the early church did. And they were also devoted to prayer. There's a prayer meeting once a month that we have as a church. And so everybody's invited. We want to get grow that more and more and have people really be focusing on changing things in prayer, connecting to God in prayer. Uh, so that's uh, something that the church body can do together. And as well as on your own, but together uh, we offer that once a month. And like I said, come on out if you never have. But anyway, today I'm going to be focusing on the word fellowship, right? says that uh, they devoted themselves to fellowship. And so what is fellowship? Well, the word in Greek for fellowship is koinonia. Koinonia, uh, I think we had uh, spoken about this uh, a few sermons ago. Koinonia is, um, it means, Greek, it's a Greek word. It says to have in common or to share. To have in common or to share. And uh, as Christians, we are to share. We are to fellowship with one another uh, in a way that helps us grow spiritually as a church body. Helps us grow spiritually as individuals within that church body. How are we to share life together? How are we to fellowship? So looking at, continuing on in Acts chapter 2, koinonia, you see, sharing life together fellowshipping was everywhere look at this it says everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles all the believers were together and had everything in common they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising god and enjoying the favor of all the people and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So how can we practice this koinonia type of fellowship in today's world? Like uh, we have uh, 21st century culture. How can we practice it? Is it even possible? You look at all the things the first century church did and you say, what? We'll never be able to do that. That's not practical for our culture. How can we practice koinonia fellowship? This is the answer. By simply sharing life together. Can we do that? Yes, we can. We can share life together. Now, notice how many times the word together is used uh, in those verses. You'll see all the believers were together and had everything in common, right? Wow, it's amazing to see. They continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread and ate together. So you see, um, it is uh, really um, trying to be emphasized here that we need to share life together. This koinonia idea is so huge. Sharing life, fellowship, so big. But our fellowship, our sharing of life together won't look exactly the same as it did 
uh, in the first century. You know, we have 21st century culture. Uh, We're going to live it out a little bit differently. So we need to receive God's directions. He apply the principles that he's telling us. See, he's not telling us you've got to do it exactly like this. And if you don't, you're doing it all wrong. But he's saying, take the principles from Scripture that I'm trying to teach you and apply them to your life in your context and your culture. Amen? So, these verses are known as the fellowship of believers. I love that. The fellowship of believers. Do you have fellowship with the believers that are around you right now? Do you have fellowship with the people in this church? If you're part of this church, are you somebody who is fellowshipping with them? Are you in the fellowship of believers here at KCF? I hope so. Sharing life together, experiencing what it means to live out koinonia fellowship. And you know what? When you do that, the world will take notice because it's different than other kinds of living. Sharing life together with others. What happened in this context? People were being saved daily. I love that. And you know, I think as we're moving on together as a family, as people are fellowshipping, learning to share life together, I have that feeling. I know that people are going to see it and they're going to say, you know what, I want to be a part of that. I want to experience what it means to be in relationship, friendship, and fellowship. Yeah? So, uh, in 2015, there's some obstacles, there's some strongholds that we have from experiencing this type of sharing of life together, right? We know that time is hard. There's lots of demands on that. Yeah, we're so busy running around. We have so many things to distract us from relationships with others, like, of course, you got the, all the gadgets, the thousands of channels on TV, DVDs, um, you know, all the the tablets and phones and everything, you name it. You can keep going on and on and on. And uh, we've, video games, right, for the kids. We've replaced conversation and time simply being together, sharing life together with all these types of things. So make it a point for your family to come up uh, with a plan, right? We need to come up with a plan. I know that uh, somebody mentioned they went on a media fast or a news fast, and um, some of you might be thinking, you know what, my family, we need uh, electronics type of fast. Wouldn't that be cool if we could get back to just simply being together and talking story rather than everybody having to um, be on their phones and all that. And so, especially as parents, you know, um, kids are really looking to us to, when we're at home with them, to spend time with them instead of checking their phones and being on Facebook or Texting, in my case, I'm like always just texting people or uh, emailing. I mean, <coughs> my children, my wife, our family needs my attention. And for all of us as well, everybody in the family. So let's just think about creative ways that God might be speaking to you. Say, you know what, maybe I should turn in, I have a plan. When I come home, I don't turn it on until I go back to Or certain hours, it's just off. Or who knows, maybe like a three-day fast, kind of something like that. See what the Lord does. Well, um, and then when you are actually together and talking story, like at the dinner table and just out on the weekends and doing certain things together, you know, share from your heart with your family. Share stories. Uh, Share food. Share your stuff. Share what God has been doing in your life, dads. What has God been speaking to you? You know, last night, talking to this uh, 
middle school kid and asked him, hey, what is uh, the Lord doing in your life right now? And he said, what is the Lord speaking to you? And I wasn't sure if he was going to say anything, but he said, you know, he said, to stay with the right crowd. That good? So what is the Lord speaking to you? Share it with your friends. Share it with, share it with your family. Uh, but not just with your family. Share it with the family of God. All of us here. The Bible says that uh, in Christ we're all brothers and sisters, right? Uh, in the Lord. But it's not easy nowadays because we have so much stuff. It's so much easier just to say, you know what? Um, I'm in my normal routine. I'm doing our thing or my family's thing and don't have the time and i got to work, different kind of stuff than actually spending quality time together, just hanging out. Did you know that in churches, they've done so many studies, there are tons and tons of lonely people? Isn't that sad? We have people all around us, but just as in life, there's tons of lonely people. You can have a lot of people and a lot of acquaintances, but maybe not a lot of close friends, not a lot of close relationships. Right? So why is that? A lot of times it's intimidating to make new friends, uh, to get involved into people's lives. We don't want to pry. We don't want to get too uh, into each other's business. But we have to be willing to go there. We have to be willing together to grow as a family of God here as a community by getting into one another's lives, right? So just so, like in any family you're ma it's made up of true, authentic relationships. And you're going to have some good times. You're going to have some bad times. You're going to be uh, rubbing shoulders with some people you might not totally see eye to eye with. It might be totally different than you. But we uh, have to start mixing it up with them, making relationships with them. So ask God to help you to make new relationships here at church and also to develop and really go a little bit deeper with the relationships you already have. Number two, that's the first thing. We fellowship better together. Number two, why do we need each other? Because we worship better together. We worship better together. We don't just fellowship better together. We worship better together. And there's tons of benefits together in corporate or group worship that you couldn't do just by yourself. You couldn't have it by yourself. The Bible talks about this. Uh, the Bible, in fact, commands that we get together on a weekly basis. It's not optional. If you're a believer, God says that he wants you together once a week with people in his family for worship. Okay, Leviticus 23.3 says, You have six days to do your work, but the seventh day of each week is holy because it belongs to me. No matter where you live, you must rest and come together for worship. You must rest and come together for worship. That sounds good. That sounds like fun to me, resting and coming together for worship. So later in the New Testament, Jesus said the Sabbath, the day of rest, is for our benefit. So this is uh, the principle where, the Sabbath principle, where you work to get, we work for six days and then the seventh day you rest, just like God did in creation. Say, the Bible says, Jesus said it, he said, uh, you take the day off and worship, and he, Jesus talked about the Sabbath was not um, created for anything else but for man, and for us 
to benefit from it. He said it's to keep us from burning out. Isn't that good? Jesus is looking out for us. To keep us from burning out, he gives us the Sabbath principle. And when we get together and we worship together, we're recharging ourselves. This is a time of being recharged spiritually, physically, emotionally. And this happens in every Sunday. You know, you come and you leave. You might not feel like coming sometimes, but then you come to church and then how do you leave? How do you feel when you leave? Oh, that was terrible. I just feel so much worse. No, you feel recharged, right? Isn't that so true? And God wants us to be recharged in those ways. You know, a lot of times we say, you know what, uh, I'm just going to go fishing or I got something to do, you know, I got a sports event um, and um, I'm, I'm going to go out surfing and I'm just going to get uh, recharged and uh, I'll, I'll be fine this Sunday if I go do that, right? Uh, that's not it at all. You know, God wants us to be recharged and he says, yeah, you know, fishing, uh, go play basketball or go to the beach. That's all great. And you can do that too. I want He wants us to do that too. But he wants us to be in church on Sundays. So how committed are you to weekly worship? And you know, it's not trying to be a legalistic thing. But as a, your pastor, trying to say, you know what? You really need to be in church because God wants you in church. right? Are you somebody who comes when it's convenient, when it's not too hot? When it's not too cold, when it's not too rainy, right? When you don't have something going on, then you say, yeah, now I'm going to make time to be there on church, right? On a weekly basis, week by week, every Sunday, you need to be in church. In family worship with the family of God. Because if you're not here, guess what? The whole church is missing out on you. Okay, you add something to the church and God wants to use you to be a blessing to somebody else. And so you're going to be blessed, but you're also going to be a blessing to other people. See how the family works? You know, like when you have a family dinner and you're so excited, family's all getting together, but then like the, those one or two people in your family don't show up. Is it the same? No, it's not the same. Something's missing. You're, you're wanting to receive something from them. You want to see them, be with them. Maybe some family members, you, you say, okay, it's better they don't come, right? <laughs> Nobody in our families. <laughs> you know, coming to church every Sunday is so important. You're going to be so encouraged, I think, as you make it a part of your week-by-week -week habit. It's like, we don't miss church for nothing. Kids, sorry, this is how it is. In our family, we come to church every Sunday. You know, and, you know, we, you'll be encouraged as you leave to be closer to Jesus throughout the week, right? Isn't it a time of celebration here on Sunday? The rest of the week, you're like, okay, it's, this is going to help me get into the Bible. Yeah, you know what? I really am motivated, right? Maybe more so on Monday than on the next Friday. But then Sunday's coming again. You get re-motivated to pray. You know, you Without Sunday, you wouldn't have Pastor Max talking about the Alpha Course again. You know, like, hey, come on, invite your friends. You forget already, right? You get some more of those invitation cards. You pass them out, you know? So you can get a whole bunch of this stuff and then help your friends to come to know the Lord. Sundays are so important to make a part of your week-by-week -week schedule, yeah? So take a rest. That's so important. We're not going to get into that. But just resting on the Sabbath day, think about that principle. Jesus wants us to get recharged 
Sunday worship is part of that rest, part of that worship. Spend time together with your family, but also make time for people in the family of God. Okay, that's the second point. Number three, why do we need each other? Number three, we grow better together. You can write in your bulletin. We grow better together. Ephesians 4.16 says, Under Christ's direction, the whole body is fitted together. And each part helps the other parts so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So some people are spiritual monks and they can spend years up in the mountains making jams, jellies, beers. I'm not sure what they make. (laughs) Stuff monks make is pretty good though. (laughs) And uh, if you can handle that quiet, that's good for you. But you know, uh, if it's your effort as a monk to really, I'm going to get so spiritual and then I'm going to, you know, be closer to God and that's the way I'm going to do it. You know what? I think you're missing the point. Uh, I don't believe there's any way to be a lone ranger Christian and I don't, I'm not judging monks. <laughs> they probably have a good community up there too, right? With one another. So maybe if you're a hermit, sitting <laughs> in the cave by yourself. But, you know, you need some kind of spiritual community. You can't be a lone ranger Christian, bottom line. There's no such thing. It doesn't exist. There's nobody who has ever been a lone, dra- lone ranger Christian. And you say, you know what, I don't need to go to church. I've heard this so many times before from people. I don't need to go to church. I'm good. I'm spiritual. I just have my own thing, my own faith, right? What about Jesus? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm fine with Jesus. Me and him, we just do all our own thing. I'm good. But you know what? You can't do it on our own. You grow better together because spiritual growth doesn't happen that way as a Christian. Only way that spiritual growth happens, true spiritual growth, happens when you're involved in the body of Christ with other people at church, so every one of us is fitted together like the Bible says and every one of us is vital for us. Like I said, if you don't come on Sundays and you're not involved, then we're missing out because you're supposed to be fitted together so that we're growing healthy, right? We're growing healthy and loving. So you'll never become spiritually mature on your own. So in the Shape series, that's what we're hoping to help accomplish, right? that everyone would be able to find their gifts and talents, God-given gifts and talents, that you would be identifying those during the seven weeks, but then you'd also learn how can you go ahead and live it out together with others, never by yourself, but together with others. And small groups are a great way to grow. So this is my plug for small groups. If you're in a small group, you will know that it's, awesome it's fun right it's like just it's great but you also know that you're in a small group with other personalities sometimes that aren't quite like your own and sometimes you're thinking okay that's a little bit different i wouldn't have thought about it this way or you know what i'm having the hardest time god every time i see them i just oh lord please give me the patience okay so those are things that we by living life together learn from one another 
things from the good, things from the bad. So there was a small group that I was a part of once. This was at the former church I was at. And it was such a fun small group. We'd go ahead and get together every Thursday night and we'd go and serve the community. We'd do all kinds of things to uh, different kinds of things. So we do Bible study sometimes. Other times we'd go out and play volleyball at the park. Other times we'd uh, put on a, a Halloween alternative type of thing. All kinds of different things. Do movie nights for the community. But one of these guys in our small group just constantly tested me about just being, you know, loving and uh, just giving him, you know, oh, anyway, so he's killing me. <laughs> and this guy, okay, I'm not going to name any names, but cause you, you might, some of you might know him or something. But every time he would come, he would just rub me the wrong way. And he, um, <laughs> he would, he would, uh, I think he had some kind of disability, but he, he would sometimes take off. He had one leg, too. Um, but he'd take off his, he lost his leg. And so he took off his leg, and he, like, put his leg up on the table when people are eating. And I'm like, man, you know, that's just, just leave it on the side. <laughs> but, and we, you know, and he just say weird things all the time and just completely inappropriate and random and then, um, there was this one time where he came to a small group, brought the chicken a la king or whatever, the big casserole, and we were all eating it, and we had like a few pregnant pe- wives, and we are all enjoying all the food, and then sort of towards the end, he says, did you know that I put my heart medicine in the food tonight in the chicken? And we're like, what? <laughs> what do you mean by that? He said, yeah, I just took out the pills, and I just sprinkled it all on top. And so we're thinking, what? Everyone's like, why would you do that? And so we, it was a big thing. The pre- we're like, there's pregnant women here. You can't do that. It's really not safe. And anyway, so I learned a lot, though, from that experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, okay. I would just kick this guy out of the group, right? Like, he is a goner, right? Too many too many times. And so, but the leader of the group at that time, he said, you know what? We're going to handle this the Jesus way. We're going to speak the truth in love, and he can be a part of our group, but he can't bring any food anymore, okay? <laughs> yeah, it's a no-brainer, all right? We're going to have him apologize to the rest of the group because that's just not cool. You just got to apologize, Okay. Obviously, he has some kind of disabilities or he wouldn't do that kind of thing. That's just not normal. And so we're just going to love him. We're not going to kick him out because a lot of people were mad, right? And so it taught the whole group that. Isn't that good? We taught, we were learning that. And so in my life experiences in ministry, you know, I've learned that and I see that. Also, another thing that that guy taught me was after every sermon I would give, I was a new preacher, a new pastor, I'd preach and he would come up to me and say, that was such a good sermon. You know, I'd be like, oh, oh. You know, like, okay, if you think it's a good sermon, it's probably terrible. No. <laughs> but I would go outside and he would say, that's a good sermon. And he would talk to me about some other things during the small group. But he would remember the sermon, you know. He, and he would take notes and everything. He was like really into it. But he was so encouraging. And over time, 
I thought, you know what? I kind of remembered that. Like he, he would always encourage me, even if I did maybe this terrible job. And so I try to encourage people. So when Jim speaks, I just, you know, good job, good job. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Jim, you did a great job. I mean it. I mean it. But Mike, you too. But, you know, I just feel like, and they say the same thing to me, so when I leave, <laughs> good job. But, you know, uh, I'm learning to be encouraging, and I want to be somebody like that. And I would never have been like that if we didn't do life together in our small group, right? So the good and the bad. And we're in a new small group now, our financial fitness small group, so fun. Been meeting for a little over a month, about a month now, and we do bring all kind of like Mexican night, Italian night, uh, what do we do? American. What's going? We still haven't decided for what this week's going to be. So we gotta. But it's been such a blessing as we go through and learn uh, from the financial fitness things. And we also um, we were able to share testimonies. Gary and Corinne, Corinne were able to uh, share uh, their testimony how uh, God had helped their family to get out of financial debt. Uh, Aaron and Jamie were um, uh, shared this past week, and it's been so helpful for Vanessa and I to learn from them, be in a small group together, and grow together. Would uh, we be able to grow like that without being in a small group? Nope. So please, people, please think about it. If you're not in a small group, please consider if you'd like to grow spiritually. You can't do it on your own. You've got to do it together with the body of Christ and in a small group. So that's number three. And finally, number four, why do we need each other? We need each other because... We serve better together. God has designed you to serve in a very specific way. And over the next seven weeks during the Shape series, you're going to figure that out. Whatever you do learn over this next seven weeks, you've got to be sure, though, you've got to apply it in the right way. Otherwise, it's useless. And do it together with others okay you have to be working together with others paul says in the book of philippians chapter 2 verse 1 he says do you have fellowship together in the spirit right you guys have fellowship at your guys church at kakako christian okay he says then make me happy by what by working together with one heart and purpose work together with one heart and purpose each of us the bible says has been called to be a worker to be somebody who is called a minister. Look at the person next to you and say, good morning, minister. Okay, look at them, just turn to them. Good morning, minister. Good morning. Okay, you got to say it with the English accent. Good morning, minister. Morning. Cheerio. Okay, each of you is... A minister. The Bible says each of us has been called to be a minister. So no matter what you do, where you work, whatever thing you do in life, you are a minister. If you had a business card, you could legitimately write it up, minister of God. Okay? Minister in the church. What do you do? I'm a minister. Okay? You just, <laughs> I don't know. I think I watched a lot of Veggie Tales where they said that. Okay? So you are each a minister. But what does minister mean? It just simply means service, work, okay? Each of you serves, right? Each of you works. Each of you is a minister. Each of you is called to serve. 
But when we do ministry on our own, we know that being a minister is terrible. You don't want to be a minister anymore. You're going to change the business card back to your old other thing. Right? You'd rather be an attorney, David. I don't know why, but I'd rather be a minister. Okay? <laughs> change that business card. Okay? So we'll make you partner. You're, you can be partner over here too. You partner already. Okay? So David's looking at me like, come on, Max. So um, when you are ministering on your own, uh, it's almost impossible. What are the benef benefits when we work together? Well, we get more done. Multiplies our time and our energy. We compensate for each other's weaknesses. We support each other when we get tired, when we're discouraged or burned out. And there are other people there to help us. So there's tons of ways to, um, tons of benefits of serving together rather than doing it on your own. Right, so why would we do it on our own? How many of you are LeBron James fans? No, we got like two. <laughs> Three. Okay. LeBron James, anybody? LeBron James? No, nobody else. Okay, good, because he's terrible. No. The decision, you haven't forgiven him. No, I think it was great that he went back to Cleveland. LeBron James, for those of you who have never uh, seen the game basketball, <laughs> He is the best player on the planet, pretty much, right now. And he's kind of like head and shoulders, <laughs> like better than everybody. And they're saying, is he better than Michael Jordan? That's an easy thing. Of course he's not, okay? <laughs> he never will be. But <laughs> LeBron James is considered by pretty much everybody to be the best. So he's taking his team to the NBA Finals five straight years. That's pretty amazing, okay? Two different teams. And uh, he is... Pretty much the guy, he takes the ball out of bounds, he throws it to LeBron James, LeBron James dribbles up the court, and he passes it to himself, it's pretty amazing, he catches the ball, he shoots it, dunks on everybody, and then he plays defense, like, against five of the other team. He's everywhere on the court, okay? It's pretty much, they were talking about renaming the Cleveland Cavaliers to the Cleveland LeBron James, and I could see them doing that, you know? So, LeBron James... Basically, he takes the team to the finals, and when he gets to the finals, what happens? He works so hard just to get there. He has to carry the guys on his back, like four other guys he carries, and he does it. But when he gets to the finals, he plays so well until like maybe game five, and he's just completely out of steam. He can't do anything more. <laughs> he's just totally out of steam. And the other team is a team. See, they have this team principle where they actually pass the ball you know, like, okay, there's, we're going to do like five passes. And LeBron James is like this by the end. He's watching them pass the ball, and pretty soon it's a layup. It's happened to him a whole bunch of times. When LeBron James meets a superior team, the LeBron Jameses will lose, okay? And so that same thing like us, right? We want to be a team. We, wanna be, we don't want to be a bunch of LeBron Jameses. You know, we want to be a team. And all of us want to make a difference in our lives, right? You want to help others. You want to serve others. But some of you, even though you have good intentions, are letting your best service go to waste. You're like LeBron James. You're just working so hard, and you're like, you know what? I'm not even sure if I can do this Christian thing anymore. I'm not sure if I want to just keep working this hard. Why? Because you're working without a team. It's got to be a team effort, right? 
And so it feels so good to be a part of a team that is functioning together. We serve better as a team. How can you serve God here at Kakako Christian? There's lots of ways, but notice in every way that you're going to be working, you're going to be working together as a team. Yeah, we want to make sure that you're doing that. And then it's your responsibility as a team member, yeah, to, hey, let's do this not on my own, but I'm going to look for other people to pass the ball to. Is that good? Okay, so all of this takes real courage and strength. You know, you might be here today, you might be thinking, you know, I'm not sure if I want to be able to be a part of what the Bible says is true fellowship, Christian fellowship. I'm not sure if I can turn the phone off. I have like a real addiction. You know, I'm not sure my family can even enjoy fellowship. I'm not sure I want to get involved in a small group and be together in any of this. You know what? I'm not sure if I'm even that good of a teammate or if I even want to be on the team. And you know, Jesus knows our weaknesses. God knows our weaknesses. The Second Timothy verses, verse one, sorry, First Timothy, Second Timothy chapter one, verse seven says, the Holy Spirit doesn't want you to be afraid of people, but to be wise and strong and to love them and enjoy being with them. The Holy Spirit doesn't want you to be afraid. Of what? Of people. Sometimes it's hard to get involved in people. The church is not the location. It's not here that we meet it's not the church. You don't come to church. You are the church. We are the church. We have to get in each other's lives. And God wants us to be courageous, to be strong, to love being with people, to enjoy, actually have a good time being with people. He wants us to be involved in the body of Christ and he's going to give us his Holy Spirit to help us. Is that good news? Let's go ahead and stand up. We're going to close in prayer together as a church. You can take the hand of the person next to you. And we're going to do, um, we're just going to do a prayer where we're going to ask God to really unite our church together. You know, we're, we're not a perfect church. There's no such thing. But we're a church that is really striving to be together, this community that has close fellowship with one another, that's there for one another. And like I said, we're not perfect. There's a lot of holes, a lot of people and things falling through the cracks. But we will try our best, right? All of us will try our best with God's help to be able to be there for one another in the name of Jesus. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we just say thank you so much, Lord, that you love us, that you gave us your one and only son, Jesus. We thank you that he is the one that we're here for. We're not here to do a self-help seminar. We're not here to uh, even just uh, meet uh, new friends and people or to uh, just check something off the box. Yep, we went to church. Now what's next for Sunday? No, Lord, we're here because of Jesus. And God, we just say thank you for your son. Thank you that uh, he was sacrificed for our sins that we don't have to pay that penalty, but we can just simply, by faith, receive your forgiveness. And if there's somebody here who has not done that yet, just pray, tell God, thank you for Jesus, that he died for me on the cross. I'm sorry for my sin. I receive your total and free forgiveness now. I want to follow Jesus. And maybe there's somebody here today that is just a little bit 
uh, burned out, a little bit, you know what, I've been running around crazy. I would love to be a part of a team. I would love to be a part of a fellowship that would be able to be a blessing in my life, that I would be able to grow closer to Jesus, that I would be able to uh, grow closer to others. If that's you, just tell God, God, I need that fellowship in my life. I'm looking for that team. God, I need your refreshment. Bring your refreshment, God. And so, Lord, we just say thank you that your word says to us, Lord, uh, whenever we pray for your Holy Spirit to come and fill us, he does. So, Lord, now we just pray, Holy Spirit, come. Come and fill each person here that's here today that is saying, you know what, God, I have an open heart. I really want you to come and refresh me this morning that I would be able to love others the way you love them. That I'd be able to, like the scripture says, actually enjoy the company of other people. Come Holy Spirit. That I would be able to enjoy relationship with you. We just say thank you so much for this morning, Lord. We thank you for this Shape series. We're looking forward to what you're going to be doing in our lives and in our church in the next seven weeks. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all said, Amen. Amen. All right, you guys, have a great day. Grab some food, some stay for some fellowship on the way out.